Today on CityCast Salt Lake, happy Friday. Palak Jaiswal, the culture reporter for the Salt Lake Tribune, is here, and we are rounding up this week's news. It's Friday, May 6th, 2022. I'm Ali Bayarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Alec, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It has been just an awful news week. Um, And we've covered a lot of it on this show from an extraordinary amount of auto pedestrian deaths, this Roe v. Wade decision. Um, There was an abatement at Victory Road. Like, I think it's been, these are traumatic times. How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm pretty, I'm okay. I think, um, I think when you work in the news, you kind of, develop this sense of like okay this is happening i'll process it later i have Mm -hmm. to do my job Mm -hmm. um and i guess in that sense i'm lucky um you know my beat doesn't intersect too much with what's been going on but it's just been i think i'm always really proud of journalists you know in moments like these when they're covering intense issues Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah although i do think like when we talk about culture Everything is there. So in so many ways, I think your beat is sort of like the intersection of every beat. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to talk today about some of the mostly good news that we might have missed this week. And we're going to lean heavy into the culture stuff since you're here, which is exciting. Um, But I'll start. So one of the things that I'm excited about this week is another Starbucks in Salt Lake has filed for a union vote. And the shift supervisor said that they think it's going to be a unanimous vote. And it just brings a lot of like they are bringing so much energy to this movement for workers rights. This is the Starbucks at fourth and fourth. And I'm excited for them. And I feel like it it was overshadowed a little bit this week by other news. But it's interesting to me. I'm following this movement closely and I'm excited for them. Yeah, definitely. And I think. You know, if you have friends, for example, who are baristas, you know, they tell you about what they go through every day. And it's I think the idea of seeing people unionize is so important because Mm -hmm. no one else is looking out for them except themselves, which is, I guess, kind of awful in a lot of ways. Yeah. Also kind of inspiring to see, you know, these groups of people taking a stand. And I'm really excited that it's coming to Salt Lake, too. Yeah. Same. I think I think we're going to see more. Um, And so I'm ready to just see these like these stories just roll in one Starbucks after the other. Let's go. And we know that the Starbucks at Cottonwood Heights finally has a date for their vote, which is Friday, May 26th. So we'll be looking out for that. But those folks over there are also really confident that it's going to go their way. Yeah. Yeah. You have done some great culture reporting this week. What's a story that you were really excited to report? Oh, that's such a good question. I feel like sometimes I, I'm doing stories and I'm doing so many that it's hard to pick one. Yeah. Um, I think this week I did a story um, that kind of builds off a story that was published in 1922. So 100 years ago, mm-hmm. um, it was published by this British novelist um, who basically predicted the future or what it would look like in 2022. Mm-hmm. And how and are we stacking up? Well, he got a lot of things right um, and he got a lot of things wrong. Um, And the funny part is the things he got correct, he got very correct. And the things that he got incorrect were just totally like off chart. Um, 
So some of the things he got correct, um, he kind of made predictions about medical advances. Um, he said that, you know, we would be super far off in 2022. Medical um, research and everything would be great, which I think is people might think is like a safe bet. But, you know, just 60 years after he published this article um, in 1982, I believe, we had the first artificial heart transplant right here in Utah. Mm -hmm. So um, it was really cool. He made a lot of right predictions, um, interestingly, about women. Mm -hmm. um, he said that in 2022, women would no longer be, you know, central to the household and being the household maker. They would be um, in the workforce, in the Senate, in the president's cabinet. Mm -hmm. And um, those are all things he got correct. Uh, this author called himself a cautious feminist. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't afraid to say, you know, I don't think these advances will, I think the way he put it was wipe out 30,000 years of slavery that women have faced. Um, but he also, wow. you know, on the opposite side of that coin, um, he said that birth control would be legal worldwide in 2022. And that's not the case. A lot of people who, <laughs> you know, identify as women don't have access to proper birth control methods. Yeah. And um, I mean, you know, just the news this week can shed a light on how far that prediction is yeah um from a reality if i had to give this week a theme i think it would be cautious feminism so. yes definitely <laughs> so yeah and he had a lot of silly um fun predictions too kind of like uh the floors in our houses would be removable oh. and they would be easier to clean that is unfortunately not the case yet yeah it depends on what you've got yeah yeah. And also he predicted that Americans would only settle for seven hour work days and nothing more. Which I think we can all safely say is not the case. No. Um, no. And he also predicted that people in America would have four pills a day and that would be their total meal. Um, I don't think that's the truth. So. No, that is like that does veer really into sci fi narratives, though. Like definitely. Yeah. The witch pill. Which pill to take yeah. sort of narrative, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, as someone who loves food too, like, that would sounds awful to me. Like, I don't want a pill. I want the full, like, yeah. flavor and tastes and textures and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk to you while you're here as a Midvale resident about a headline that ran in uh, the Salt Lake Tribune this week. Could Midvale be the next Park City? I have a lot of questions. How do you feel about this? How do you feel about this characterization? So Midvale is actually, I guess for people who might not be familiar with the area, it's actually pretty up and coming. Um, there is the central area called Fort Union Boulevard, where there are probably hundreds, maybe that's like an overcalculation, but um, of restaurant places, of shopping places. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's a Trader Joe's and a Target, like, three miles within each other. Okay. Close. That's a millennial so, dream. Yes. <laughs> I think um, the headline is very interesting because people who have lived in Utah might think of um, Park City as kind of, um, for lack of a better word, bougie, you know, mm. um, kind of just very um, upper class and stuff. But Midvale is kind of like a counteract to that. I think it's, um, it brings together a lot of groups of diverse people Um and there's a lot going on there. So I was very intrigued by Blake's article. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, 
they have a new mayor, Marcus Stevenson, who's young. Yes. And I think I'm I'm optimistic. I'd love to go to Midvale on like a night out and just grab a beer and hang out there. More places to go hang out. <laughs> That's like Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like it's in a very I think unique place. So you have like and um, a mall, you have Fashion Place Mall just like a couple lights down the street. Right. And you have Southtown Mall just a couple lights ahead of the street. So it's really kind of in like this middle space. Yeah. I'm into it. I mean, the question is, will I ever be able to afford to live there? <laughs> well, good question. I think um, actually a couple of my coworkers uh, live in that area too. And um, I guess compared to downtown, it's obviously better, but... I do think it's up and coming. They uh, have a lot of apartment complexes uh, Hmm. building up, you know, which is kind of the norm in the state right now. Yeah. Okay. While we're on the subject of Park City, we got an announcement this week from Sundance announcing their dates for the festival next year. And along with that announcement, they talked about how they're looking forward to bringing the festival back to a pre-pandemic number of screenings, which would average like 120. And during the pandemic, they were down to like 80 or maybe 70 screenings. I have a lot of feelings on this that I would like to share. (laughs) I used to work at Sundance. I actually started my career working in film festivals. I think they are the coolest. There's so much beauty and benefit to a film festival. Here's what I'll say. I don't know who can watch 120 Sundance movies. That is a very small number of people. At $20 a film, I think the average person could probably afford to see three. I I have never gone to a restaurant and been like, this menu needs to be bigger. I think I want Sundance to tell me, these are the 20 movies that you need to see this year. Like, this is super curated. These are all fantastic. Like, go see these 20 movies. And then maybe I'll pick a couple And know that, like, there's more than three or four opportunities to see them in the 10-day festival. And I just feel like they're kind of swinging the other direction. Like, I think festivals feel this, like, pressure or arts events in general feel this pressure to be like, we're doing more. It's getting bigger. And, like, I think that we should focus on marketing things around something other than bigness. And so... I would just say with the Sundance news, I'm excited for the 2023 fest. I'm excited for like a hybrid fest. I think that's the future. The accessibility of being able to watch movies like at home is amazing. But less is more, friends. That's so interesting, especially, you know, the points you made about doing it bigger, doing it better. I feel like arts industries are really still pulling out of the pandemic and really trying to recover. And I know last year, you know, Stuff got canceled for Sundance. Yeah. There's so much um, hassle with people who had, you know, booked places in Park City, hotels, Airbnbs who lost that amount of money because they weren't refunded. Right. So I do think this kind of movement of coming back bigger and better is maybe kind of a shot at sustainability, which is kind of funny to think about, right? As Sundance is not being sustainable. It's this huge thing. But um I don't know. I think um, I think in this day and age, people really like to have a curated list of things, right? Totally. We don't have a lot of time to dedicate outside of our work lives, outside of our home lives mm-hmm. to stuff that brings us joy. So mm-hmm. um, who knows? I think sometimes 
I guess this is my culture reporter instinct speaking, but I think to play devil's advocate, like when you have a lot of options, mm-hmm. um, it attracts a large group, like group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, people who like indie films are going to go for the indie films, but people who want to see the music documentaries are going to go for the music documentaries. Right. So I guess maybe there's two sides of the coin, right? Um, there's too many choices, but then there's more choices and more people. So yeah, um, it'll be really interesting to see how this next film festival kind of goes on and develops. Yeah. And there have been times like where I have walked into a, a Sundance screening and been like, why well, did not expect to love this movie so much? Like, why am I sobbing? Right. But then there have also been times where I'm like, am I watching this movie because it's celebrity directed? And like the hope is that that person will come to Park City and attract an audience. And like the reality is, sure, like I'm celebrities do sell tickets like the celebrity appeal is very real. It brings people from L.A. to Park City for, you know, that reason often. But as a Salt Laker, I think a more fun way to engage with the festival would be like screen a movie on the side of a building. I want to see more movies everywhere during the festival in Salt Lake. And when I open up the catalog, I'm like, oh, my God, how do I know? I don't know what to make of this. It's just so much. That said, my last my last thought on this is like for anyone who is overwhelmed by picking a movie, I would say go with the shorts. Because then you get 10 movies and you're sure to at least to love at least one, if not all of them. And it's uh, it's like a really fun way to watch movies at a festival because shorts kind of go away and you like sometimes can never see them again. Yeah, that's great. I will say this is like more of a newsy thing and less of a culture thing. But one of the things that I'm excited about this week that I read about and, you know, with this like news about the potential overturn of Roe v. Wade, I've been thinking a lot about what we can be doing at a super local level to tackle some of these massive issues. And I fully understand that when we talk about like climate change and when we talk about issues of justice, like we do need massive fundamental systemic changes. But also like I want to see mayors hitting the pavement. Right. So I was excited to see this announcement from Salt Lake County that they are going to be zero scaping 132 turf park strips in the county as like basically a climate initiative. We are, of course, in a mega drought state of emergency. And there are so many parts of this city and this county that are covered in grass for no good reason. Pulling up graph in these turfs, grass in these turf strips, which turf strips are basically like if you're at a house and you're looking out of the house and then in front of you, there's a sidewalk on the other side of the sidewalk, that like random strip of grass between the sidewalk and the road, those are turf strips. So their plan is to like tear all that up and put in xeriscaping and native plants and low water plants and rocks and all that kind of stuff. And I'm into it. I think less water is good. And again, like are reusable straws going to save us? No. But it's nice to see the county taking this kind of initiative. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, when you picture those kind of areas, I can't tell you how many times I've like driven by or walked down a sidewalk and just seen a sprinkler on and just like watering this grass that is very small and not very necessary to water, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, putting in these kind of strips, I think it's going to kind of add some diversity and some cool stuff to look at and maybe like 
even encourage people to go out and walk and just be around in neighborhoods. So I think you can get really fun with it, too. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. They estimate it will cost $2 million. They want to use money from the American Rescue Plan, which is, of course, the like massive COVID relief bill that was passed by the um, United States Senate. And I'm like, yeah, I consider that American Rescue. Like we we are in this massive drought. We need water. Like, yeah, I think that is a good use of that funding. So I'm all in on it. Um, Okay, what's another culture thing that you're excited about this week or looking forward to? Um, let's see. So if we're talking about stuff that's like happening in Salt Lake City Mm -hmm. or coming to Salt Lake City, um, I got to go to the opening of the Sistine Chapel event, uh, last week. And, um, it sounds as cool as you think it is. (laughs) It is basically, for people who don't know, um, the Sistine Chapel has these beautiful fresco ceilings, um, Mm. done by Michelangelo Mm -hmm. and, the problem is you wait in line for two to three hours yeah. for this tourist attraction in Italy, yep. in Vatican City. You get in, they say no pictures, and you're craning your neck and staring at the ceiling that is 60 feet above you, and you can't really see it. Yeah. And then you're done in 15 minutes, and you're like, I waited in line for three hours for that. To say I did it. Exactly. And so the CEO of this company that um, started this exhibit um he had that exact experience and so he started he was like well there has to be a better way for people to be able to see these things Mm -hmm. and so he licensed the images from the vatican and then he um used some artistic techniques to basically blow them up on canvas Mm. and so the sistine chapel exhibit um which is at the gateway okay um it is basically all of michelangelo's frescoes blown up and you can walk through and just see I mean, it's really actually pretty inspiring. You, If you stop and look at the paintings, you can see the texture of the ceiling, like the crumbling um, fresco painting is kind of done on wall plaster. So you can see the crumbling plaster that's in the original Vatican. Um, And you just have time. There's like an audio guide, guided tour, and they tell you the story of each single painting, which um, if you're not Catholic, which... The majority of Utah is not like on no, you know, the original um, stories behind these paintings. And yeah. They have all the iconic, iconic ones, um, including the, I think the most iconic one is um, the story of creation, um, where Adam is kind of leaning to touch um, God's hand. Oh, yeah. There's like this much space between the fingers. Mm-hmm. So it was really interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, how long is this running? Like, when can we go? Um. Uh, Good question. I think it's here for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, it, it's in the gateway. Um, it's super affordable too. Um, I think tickets were around twenty-ish dollars. Oh yeah. There is room for um student discounts, military discounts. So it is open until June nineteenth. Love it. Love it. Looking forward to that. It's been really interesting to see like all the different summer lineups kind of roll in like new art exhibits the of course we just got the lineup for the Eccles which is pretty fire and includes like some things that I'm really looking forward to um Garth Brooks times two because the power of Garth Brooks in Utah is like remarkable I don't know if you remember when he was here last year and sold out 
Rice Eccles Stadium in like 11 minutes. <laughs> so Yeah, and he did it again this year and added a second night. Yep, so. added a second night. Stevie Nicks, like the Red Butte series, of course, which is basically already sold out. Like it's been fun to gobble up tickets to things and like just make plans to get out in the community this summer. Kilby Block Party next weekend. It's all happening. Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking earlier about kind of transitioning it out of this weird state of we're still in the pandemic, we're not in the pandemic, we're recovering is kind of like it illuminates all these lineups and stuff. And yeah, I'm super excited for this summer. I think in my recent memory, this has been probably the most exciting summer to happen in Salt Lake in terms of especially music lineups. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Phoebe Bridgers is going to be in downtown Salt Lake City next week. And that is mind blowing to me. It so. really is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, and I am very excited for Stevie Nicks. Um, You can never go wrong with Stevie Nicks. No. Do you think her voice is going to sound the same? I don't know. I think when you've been singing for that long, it's always a toss-up, right? Yeah. I do think for people who have loved her for so long and have listened to her voice. Yeah. I think when you are in a concert and you're seeing someone live that you've loved for so long, it's just a great experience either way, so... You never know. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to just um, this like amazing lineup of events, reading the books and watching the movies and like just engaging. Palak, thank you so much for your time, for joining and ending the week with me. It was really nice to just round out the week with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had a blast. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Nick Steffens, and our producer is Diane Majapinto. Our newsletter editor is Madeline McGill. Music is by the fantastic local band, Mitochondria. Our host is me, Ali Vallarta. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around this city. Bye. Bye.